and welcome to another episode of I Heart Geek. Take two. Yay for behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on now, but it's yeah. all good. It is interview season. So, and Satomi's awesome. And she brings us in the coolest people in the world. I'm Dub. And Satomi is going to introduce our, our latest interview, who's like famous and stuff. Well, I, I really I really do bring in the best people. I'm not going to lie. I have some pretty awesome friends. And today <laughs> we are so lucky to have in our virtual studio um, my dear friend and now Emmy Award winning producer. I cannot get tired of saying that. Fireworks. Julie Sisson. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, Deb and Satomi. So can I, can I ask this question? Satomi's going to do most of the talking today, but I have to ask this right off the bat. You want a freaking Emmy. What is that like? <laughs> um, so it's awesome. It was very like, um, it was, a, it was a little crazy because, because of COVID it's all like virtual. So uh, I won a daytime Emmy for best travel nature program. And it was mm-hmm. an H, uh, excuse me, a Netflix show called tiny creatures. And so we watched it on like a Roku, my Roku TV behind me. Roku, nice. I'll take a new TV if you want. Um, <laughs> and, I've been begging for free stuff forever. It didn't happen. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, I was just watching my friend, actually, my best friend, Emma, came over and made me watch it with her. And because it was a long shot, we were up against like that Zach Efron show from Netflix. Really? And uh, yeah. And uh, we won. And then we proceeded to drink all the alcohol in my apartment. And then. <laughs> I, my family was in town. So I just, I think I celebrated like four or five nights in a row. It was, um, a blast. And then I celebrated all over again when the Emmy arrived. Nice. So it yeah. was, so it was like mailed to you. It you was didn't just mailed get a virtual me. one. No, I got the, <laughs> thankfully COVID didn't stop the, the statue from coming to the house. And it was anybody, was your friend taping you when the, when they were doing any of this is there a record of the moment yeah i uh the record is private because i was like eating vegan corn dogs and uh <laughs> and, like first was, of all you know it was a home movie night so like it, it it's not uh it's not gonna see the internet how i looked when i won <laughs> <laughs> unless you guys contact emma anderson she might sell you the video I don't have an issue with that. I will probably do that. <laughs> you know, I can always use a little bit of blackmail material. Yeah. Especially, I mean, with the words vegan corn dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask real quick? And I apologize. I know Stephanie on stone. She's got a million yeah. things she wants to say, but I really want to hear about the process of, you know, finding out you're, you're nominated, going through all that. I mean, that's, I, I can't even wrap my head around all of that stuff. It, everywhere from making the movie to getting nominated to you get it. How does that all work? Or what does that look like for you anyway? Yeah. So in this case, I was actually, um, I produced a film for history called Tulsa Burning. And that we were all like on the lookout for like the Emmys. Everyone was aware when they were going to be um, broadcast. And uh-huh. we ended up getting three Emmy nominations for that. This, this Tiny Creatures one, we kind of, we didn't forget about it, but like it aired over a year ago. Last mm-hmm. summer it premiered and Netflix informed my boss 
that it was nominated and it was just like kind it kind of felt out of nowhere like super huge awesome surprise um and then so you the, had already had that in the can when you were working with Tulsa Tulsa Burning so it they both just the way like the daytime and the primetime nominations come out they both came out within like two weeks of each other hmm. and then the daytime Emmys just happened to have they just happened like right away um and so yeah it was like a very it was like everyone was like very pleasantly surprised that we were nominated and then when we won it was like <laughs> what so, so so they've been lying this whole time it's not an honor just being nominated it is the winning into that that's the thing right? you know what it's so much better winning everyone you know just go out there and win kids don't get nominated <laughs> just playing doesn't matter second place so is you, no place sorry I'm... <laughs> did you actually get contacted to to find out or, or are you like everybody else where you say where you sit and you just wait to see the list yeah, in this case, I just found out because my boss told me when Netflix informed him. Um, but for Tulsa, I was like refreshing. And then I let everyone know on, on my team know that it, it had like, you know, th that got nominated for best score, best sound editing and best writing. Amazing. Um, yeah. So that was like a bit more. And that's just it's that's like a flashier. They have like a you know, two stars announce them. The daytime Emmys are kind of like the stepsister of the Emmys, you know, who knows when they're announced, there's a press release at some point. And then a lot of soap like stars. A, yeah. Yeah. If you have yeah. a Google yeah. alert, you'll find out. Amazing. So now I know, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners and honestly, this, this is sometimes a mystery to me as well. And I think we've talked about this before. So, um, a, there are a ton of different kinds of producers in uh, the entertainment industry. Tell us about the kind of producer that you are, and can you give us sort of a rundown of what that job is, and maybe how it's a little bit different than some of the other producing uh, positions? Yeah, that's a great question. Deb, you should have her on all the time. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, whenever I can get her, she's on. Um, so basically... My role as a producer is I am like the liaison between the director and the money people. And so the director is like, this is all, here are all the things I want to do. And I go, okay, well, money person, in this case, it was a lady, money lady. Um, <laughs> the line producer tells me like what we can afford. And so I tell the director what we can do. And it's usually like, we can do whatever the director wants. It's just making things work like taking a little from here to make what they need happen um so in this case like on tiny creatures it's it's i want to have a hamster in new york city and i want to shoot in an alleyway and i want to like have a whole you know back alley set and so i just like you know make sure we have like the right art the right permitting like hmm. and i and i called the lady that told me that hamsters are considered a domestic animal so we don't need like a special permit for the hamster and then that's all set up and then when we're ready to shoot you know right before I go over with the director everything that we talked about and everything that we have planned for and then I'm just there to like make sure it all gets executed. So you're on set when all of this is happening? Yes. Yes. And are would you say that you're also kind of a, a problem solver like you're sort of there with the director to 
to uh, bat thing. You, you they like won't come thing. out of the trailer. I'm like a thing. cat playing with the thing. Uh, but yeah, bat. Yeah, the, the hamster will come out of the trailer. The hamster wants the green M and M. Yes. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you have an, actually a few stories about that. That was a yes. I have to deal with. Oh that. God. <laughs> well, there's like a, an old Homicide City episode that I produced and uh, the crime scene is very dramatic and it's pouring rain and the detectives are looking for clues and it wasn't supposed to rain, but it's pouring rain and we can't afford to come back tomorrow. And so I was like, you're going to shoot tonight. It's raining. Use it. Like we we're, we made sure the cameras were safe and like everyone felt okay mm. with it. But like that that's the kind of stuff we do is just like you know, shove circles into squares and make it come out the other end. So can I ask you, just on a personal, you don't have to give us names of yeah. the projects, but I'm very curious, what is the weirdest problem you've had to solve doing this? Because it seems like you've been doing this a while. So I'm kind of curious, what is the the most bizarre problem or a few problems you've had to solve that is like, uh So I'll tell you, uh, I filmed a show called The Legendary Carter Andrews for National Geographic. Mm -hmm. And we needed to take a float plane from Iquitos, Brazil to the Amazon. And the only place that would get us that kind of float plane like safely that could like use our, like take our insurance. Cause we can't like, you know, just go get a random one. So we actually had to get the Peruvian military to bring a float plane and fly us into the Amazon. And it was like, we were like 60 pounds over. So we're like taking lights and someone runs like a 60 pounds of gear back to the hotel because we like literally, it would be like unsafe. Like that's kind of the, that's probably, that was probably the craziest. And also like I was doing, I speak like very minimal Spanish and I was doing this like a negotiating in Spanish with like the, yeah with the Peruvian wow. and they were amazing and they like yeah and they they came they actually when they came to pick us up five days later they were on the walkie for a while and I was looking at everyone and I was like oh my god there's a problem with this plane and the and the pilots that they sent looked to be about 17 years old oh. and I was like oh my god we're gonna be stuck here I mean you this is flown like by short round yes we're like yeah we're like on <laughs> Yeah, we're we're in an area with no running water, no electricity, anything like that for five days, and we're like meant to go oh. home. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the worst part was they asked me for my satellite phone, and I said, why don't you have a satellite phone? Please take yeah. it. But like, where's oh. your phone? And they they made a couple calls, and we got back, and I ended up you know alive. But it was um, <laughs> that was definitely the stickiest. As thoughts of Aaliyah run through your head, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, terrifying. honestly, part of me was thinking you're you're out in the jungle for five days. Was there any ever ever a moment where you're like, gosh, I hope they come back and pick us up? Yes, I I definitely <laughs> I definitely was like, um, they better they better come back and get us. Uh, or <laughs> I live here now, <laughs> and you're like. I Getting can't. used to I've hunt watched Bear Girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So now I know you also have produced, even saying the words, 
hurts my soul a little bit. Sorry, guys, it's not my favorite. Uh, reality TV. Mm-hmm. <sighs> how how is that? Because like, you you produce reality TV, you produce documentaries, you you produce um, film, you've produced all you you've run the gamut. But reality reality TV has such a personality, shall we say? How was that different from producing something like all like these other projects you're talking about? And especially like Tiny Creatures. Yeah, I think um, for the most part, I mean, reality has given a lot of people a lot of a lot of good jobs and good careers. But for the most part, nobody like goes to film school and they're like, I want to work on <laughs> this moving company show about movers, you know, like just nobody really says that. So it, it ends up being filled with like a lot of talented people that tend mm-hmm. to feel like a little stuck. Mm-hmm. But, okay. But there is, so like it basically in 2009, there was a writer's strike. And so Hollywood was like, we don't need you writers, we'll do reality shows. And then there were all these like non-union writers that came on to like really, you know, reality shows are mostly scripted, which is like no. something that The Hills taught you, us that. You heard it here first. You know, in I think The Hills had that like epic, you know, pan up from their season finale. Like, you know, this was probably 15 years ago. Um, but now the course has really, I think the course is really like settled and reversed itself a bit. Like people want more, more like true documentary than they do reality, at least in like the kind of conversations that I, I overhear. Mm -hmm. More and more storytelling. Yeah. And just like deeper, deeper connection kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I feel like that's, I'm not going to get on the go too far down the rabbit hole, but I feel like like the real world, the original few series before it got re before they introduced the hot tub um when oh everyone has to be gorgeous and then I mean, you can have overweight people and it felt a lot more real those first few seasons and that's and that's the beginning of reality tv and that's what everybody loved and then said hey let's get more of this and okay and then it started getting scripted and then i feel like our my generation was like eh, eh, eh. you know no judgment on you producing it yeah, I no, I, like it's I'm a like job. Harvard. I don't feel judged at all. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it, it's what, what I like about it is it, it really keeps a lot of people working. I mean, it does. so that, and working at, you know, I think most of the people that work in reality, they'd rather do that than not work in TV at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's- so now, since you have worked in reality, which has a lot of personalities, and you you've worked in so many other genres, um, you gave us like the craziest story. How about do you have do you have a diva or divo story where you had an an actor or a participant or maybe like a cricket that was just not going <laughs> to behave? Yeah. And, don't talk okay, about don't, don't give us names except for yeah no me, totally which, you know, she's terrible but you know hey <laughs> yeah totally yeah i um, so hard to work with so i'm a little dirt that's all. totally totally i mean i worked on a show a couple years ago and one of the participants was kicked off the you know it was a show where you get like 
winner takes all winner gets you know money Mm. at the end and someone was kicked off and she said I you know I moved out of my apartment to come here I don't have anywhere to go and she was having like a meltdown in the room she was staying in and so I was not the boss at the time I was like a coordinator and my you know my lovely boss who was a man was like I don't know how to help her so I just like sat with this woman for like hours and hours I took her out to dinner and I just had to like explain to her that this was just you know a silly show and that she can get back to her real life uh and that was kind of like that was definitely one of the harder I had a lot of experiences working with like talent where it's just like you kind of become a little bit of a therapist and Mm -hmm. That was probably my hardest, like, I don't want to call her a diva, but it was definitely like, I had to like, wa- like make sure she was okay for like a couple of days. And like, we, mm-hmm. we, we extended her time in the house that we had everyone in so mm-hmm. that like, she didn't feel like she was being like abandoned, but I definitely had to like, yeah. it's like, you got to wow. strap your, your boots back on and get out there yeah. and get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, one question I want to ask you, I mean, when people find out what it is that you do, how bombarded do you get with people having ideas that they want to throw at you? <laughs> my brother. Oh, wow. oh my god! Wow! wow. I, I, I just hit a nerve on that one. <laughs> my brothers are like my brother and sister in law. They were like, "We have this great idea." There's this <laughs> these young people in Cape Cod, these baseball players who are all like hot, and they go to the bar, and they're great, and it'd be a great show. And I was like, "Okay." What do you want me to do with that? I was like, go back to Cape <laughs> Cod and get them to commit to you to like, you know, tell them your idea and like get someone who says they'd want to work with you and do a show and then come back. And then fast forward, like four years later, they're making a, a reality show about Cape Cod. Really? Team. And my no brother is like, kidding. that was our meal ticket. And I was like, no, that wasn't our meal ticket. You can't do 2% of the work and expect to like make a show out of it. It's like constant. The family love them. They're not TV people and they think that they are. Well, yeah. Even on like a really small scale, I mean, even with with this show, I have people that like, you should do a show on this. I'm like, no, we're good. (laughs) And we get it. I get it a lot. I mean, and I, I, I appreciate everyone's ideas, but it's like, I hate saying no. That's it. Oh, and and you're on such a bigger scale. It's like, whoo, that's got to be tough. It's no, I I think it's similar. It's just like people hear that, like you have the ability to like do something, yeah. And so they want like it's a lot of people just want a shortcut. They don't know it's a shortcut, but like it's it happens all the time. Because they don't know what goes into creating something, yeah, like a TV show, yeah, yeah. And ideas so, don't matter. Like, what matters is like property and like having, having like something concrete that you have access to that nobody yeah. else does. That's that's what matters in like developing these kinds of things. So, what if like one of our listeners has an idea? What when you say something concrete, what? what it would be their next step tell dub um, <laughs> no don't tell me i don't care <laughs> i love y'all but no <laughs> i would say like it would be to 
the first step it's it's a lot it's a lot more helpful if you know someone that like is in the pitching world that can like actually pitch it to people but getting your idea on paper and on video like even like a Skype you know like if you do a, if you record a Skype call or a Zoom call with someone and ask them questions and then you mm-hmm. can just use like iMovie and cut it down into like this is kind of like the personality that's a, that's m- much more for doc docu style stuff like what what is this personality how do they look on screen and what's the, like the point of the of the program all that would will help get you to the next step which mm-hmm. would be pitching it to someone who can help cool and now did you go into the industry going oh, i want to produce or what what was your journey how did you end up how did you end up being a producer yeah, I definitely, I always wanted to be a producer. I think producers often, like, I I think good producers are kind of people that never really wanted to, like, write or direct. It's not really, like, a fallback thing. It's, like, a I want to help people get their vision across. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've always been. Like, I, I work a lot with Satomi knows John Paynes, who's a writer-director, and we, we work we so perfectly We just had him together. on, actually, yes. yeah. So John has the ideas and the direction and I can help guide him, but I am not sitting at home, like going to sleep, like, oh, I just want to write my first screenplay. Like I don't, I just want to produce. I just want to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other kind of like thing I wanted to do in the business was maybe be an editor, which is not like, I mean, I'm almost 34. I I think I could still still do that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got... (laughs) I've got Avid on my computer and I've, I've been teaching myself, but uh, yeah, other than that, just, just producing. That's awesome. And so then how, what, what led to tiny creatures? How did you end up? And I know that's a big, you know, that could be a huge arc where, you know, yes, well, I was born, you know, Uh, but, but how did, how did you end up getting attached to tiny creatures? So, um, my boss from the last five years, uh, I've had two bosses, Gino McDermott and Max Kaufman, and they just basically, like, when when Gino started Blackfin, the company I worked for, it was on the smaller side, and I got in a really good position where he trusts me, and so he'll, you know, put me on the projects that he needs, like, oversight on, mm-hmm. and this just, I mean, it when it came up, he like, you know, he, he crafted like a very specific team for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I mean, honestly, it was just like, I had been working for him for three years and he trusted me. That's like that how, yeah, that's, that's really how to get a job like that is just like, I, I also give credit to like sticking with the same company, like TV people. I mean, my dad is like, I worked at my job for 30 years and TV people just, they jump and jump and jump. Um, And I, uh, like, I appreciate the trust I was given by like sticking around for so long. Yeah. Well, and also being good at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Doing doing the work, showing up, doing it well, Um, having worked with you um, as an actor on multiple projects. um, I was always impressed about, and that, this is for those of you who are interested in, in going into the industry, 
Um, but you were always there. You were always there early. You were always getting things done and making, th making sure that we ran a tight ship and that things were going as close to as planned as possible. Um, and uh, just, just being flipping great at your job. So it's, Thank you, Satomi. It shows. Um, sorry, not to be like... <laughs> <laughs> You're totally fangirling. It's cute. I'm fangirling. Well, on our, <laughs> fan -girling. I'm a on our fan. first film together in like 2014, we had no money. I mean, John paid everything out of pocket and, you know, we were all broke. And so I just cooked everyone's meal for them every day. I just cooked lunch for everybody every yeah. day because we were filming in his apartment. And I was like, we cannot afford, you know, financial district sandwiches for lunch. We can't. So, you know, that's just like, kind of and you're a great cook i'm a good cook it was delicious she's a good cook <laughs> so now we are iHeartGeek, geek and thank you for letting us geek out on you so hard um my question for you is what are your geekdoms what are the things that um what are the things that get you excited what are the things that um and they it could be anything from traditional geekdoms to Mustaches, you know, anything. Mustaches, yes. Anything that you're passionate about. So, I'll tell you, I have like two COVID shows that I've like dead obsessed with. The first one is Alone. Has anyone seen Alone? I haven't. No. Oh, you guys. Okay, you're gonna go watch Alone. You're gonna watch all eight seasons in like the next two weeks, and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk about it. What's it's, it on? It's, it's on History Channel. So okay. basically, people go out alone, 10 people at a time, into like remote areas. Usually they film in like Vancouver, um, Canada. Mm -hmm. And they literally have 10 survival items and nothing else. And they have to build a shelter. They have to find their own food. They have to like figure out water and fire. And like people last, some people last like two hours and some people last, like the longest person lasted 100 days. Ooh. And it's like, do they have like incredible. a, like when they're, when they're like, I'm out, are they like pineapple, pineapple, I'm done. <laughs> they're like, uh, I've managed to lose 30% of my body weight. Like, I just want like a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm a redneck. Okay. I could probably do really well on that show. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh God. You know yeah, what? You'll you be out there with your squirrel melts. Apply for it. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I like air conditioning. I live in Vegas. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what's your other one? And my other one is RuPaul's Drag Race, which is just like, oh my God. It's just such a nice, like happy show. Like it it I cry like every other episode. It's just like everyone like loves Mama Ru. I totally geek out on it. And I, I spent uh, a week in Fire Island this summer and a lot of my friends um like we would go out to the bar and a lot of them would like dress and drag and like it was just like so fun that sounds amazing yeah I want to go to Fire Island with you that sounds like fun it's very fun to tell me you'll come next summer it's like okay yeah <laughs> oh east coast <laughs> we are so east coast oh my gosh I feel so it's like the so Reno fun. of the west coast oh no Fight it's like words. the armpit of Nevada and that's saying something. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Reno listeners. I know we have eight of you guys. If you've discovered the technology, I apologize. <laughs> wow, I'm really mean today. I need to stop now. <laughs> okay, so as, as we wrap up, 
where do people find you? Are you a big social media type person or just do we- I'm not, but I told <laughs> to tell me I would work on it. Um, I'm on like uh, the tweets. You can tweet me or you can Instagram message me. It's both our J underscore S I S S. Or if you, if you Google me, it'll show up. Julie Sisson. Yep. And it's not with a U, it's with an I. It took me like five times to figure that one out because I'm silly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you can, you can Google, you can Google Google Julie and check out all of the other projects she's worked on. She's she's pretty dang cool. There's a ton. Watch Stuck with with Satomi Hoffman. (laughs) Produced by Julie. I think it's on Vimeo. Yeah. It is on Vimeo. It still is. Yeah. It is actually. I know as a fact it is. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. until next time, I'm Dub, and I'm here with Satomi and Julie, and hope we see you again. Keep on geeking on, guys. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.